Hey, welcome to the Local CMI Podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Tringale, and in this week's episode, my guest is executive chef of a new restaurant opening in August in downtown Syracuse. Three Lives is opening up, and I've got the executive chef, Chef Zach Cavello, here on the podcast with me today. Can't wait for this episode. We have a great sponsor for this week's episode, Peaks Coffee Company, right here in Syracuse, New York, located at 1200 East Genesee Street. In my opinion, the most beautiful and comfortable cafe to sit inside of in Syracuse, New York, bar none. Without a question, that is the best cafe to sit in inside of Syracuse, New York. Uh, Not to mention they have some extraordinary coffee. Uh, You can find more about Peaks by following them on Instagram at Peaks Coffee Co. or going online to their website at PeaksCoffeeCo.com where you can buy any of their delicious coffee roasts, have them shipped right to your door, not to mention their subscription options that they have available so you really don't ever have to order coffee again. It's just going to be sent to you every month. It's an amazing process. But again, they have a gorgeous cafe. Definitely check them out. Peaks Coffee Company. Our second sponsor for this week is Gearhars Restaurant Equipment and Supplies located at 220 T-Lab. If you are running a food service operation anywhere in the country, really, but especially here in upstate New York, then you need to give Gearhars a call. You can also find them online at GearharsEquipment.com and GearharsSupplies.com, but they do Pretty much everything that a food service operation, a restaurant, a kitchen could need with the exception of selling you the food. But honestly, they'll do just about anything for you. But they are the industry experts when it comes to kitchen equipment and supplies and smallwares and designing your space and just phenomenal company. Gearhars Restaurant Equipment Supplies. Make sure you check them out. And they have a great showroom, again, located at 220 Teal Ave that's open to the public where if you're a a home cook or you're getting into really producing some great food at home, uh, cooking for your family, cooking for yourself, whatever the case is, or if you're a restaurant, you can go there and get any of the supplies that you need, any of the small equipment. I've bought so many things there, all the pizza stuff, all the the pizza peel and the roller and the everything that I get for my kitchen. I get there at Gearhar. So go check them out again, GearharsEquipment.com, GearharsSupplies.com. You can follow them online on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, what else is there? LinkedIn and YouTube. I feel like I forgot one. But anyways, just go follow GearharsEquipment.com. Also want to give a big shout out to our friends over at Buried Acorn. You know, I ordered beer and visited uh, a lot of the local breweries here in Syracuse during quarantine. And while I love all local beer, and we have some great local breweries on the Eat Local CMY card, I have to say that the experience at Buried Acorn was absolutely amazing. Not only was the delivery process so simple, the ordering process so simple, but I would order beer at like 10, and I would have it delivered to my door a few hours later, and they always hooked me up and gave me like an extra can or sometimes an extra four pack i'm just saying buried acorn did such an amazing job there is a local brewery that won during quarantine i'm giving that award to them go follow them on facebook and instagram buried acorn check them out on hiawatha boulevard such a great place make some great beer i absolutely love hot whip but definitely check out buried acorn brewery such a phenomenal beer i love them you'll love them buried acorn without further ado 
Let's get into this week's episode of the Local CMY podcast. And remember, people, hashtag HireZach. All right, buddy. Welcome to the podcast. Yeah, good to be here. Yeah, it's uh first podcast in person since February. Yep. Yeah. The last one that I did was with Tyler from Nostalgia Chocolate, and um, I was listening back to it after we had edited the thing. Like, we recorded it, and I didn't put it out for like a month later. And listening back to that thing, it was like the first day. It was St. Patty's Day. It was supposed to be St. Patty's Day Parade, and... Uh, I'm like going back and listening to the podcast and in it we're like, cause it's like the first day that they said 50%. Yeah. And so we're like, yeah, hopefully this will be done in two weeks. <laughs> we were all so innocent. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. It's yeah. Been a, it's been a ride for sure. Oh, and fuck it ain't yeah. over yet. Yeah. All right. So for everybody who's listening, who doesn't know who you are, introduce yourself. Tell us what we're, uh, well, introduce yourself. First. <laughs> yeah. My name's, uh, my name's Zach Cavall. I'm the executive chef at three lives, yeah, which is a are. bar that's opening. Yeah. I'm executive chef. It's I'm still getting used to it, but, uh, at three lives, which is a bar opening downtown, yeah. uh, r- right across from Funkin' Waffles there in the heart of the city. Oh, that's where it is. Yeah. Okay. So, um, it's a, it's a video game bar, uh, arcade bar, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Uh, the term barcade is copyrighted, so that's... Is it really? <laughs> yeah. It's, there's a string of, like, uh, of barcades in cities around the okay. country. Yeah. Um, is that what they're called, is the, bar, is the barcade? Yeah, it's, like, barcade is yeah. the copyrighted name or whatever. But we're kind of uh, reaching more towards, like, an esports kind of bar. Uh, and then we that's have cool. retro arcade games yeah. to play. Uh, and then we're focusing on uh, mm. high-end fast food and then, uh, like, high-end beverages and drinks and stuff. So Yeah, man. Do me a favor, bring the mic up like pretty close now. How's that? Yeah, you can bring it to, all the way to you if you want. Cool. I'll scoot in a little bit. Yeah, how's that? Too. Cool, yeah, cool, cool, cool. That way we'll get that nice bassy. Yeah, sound the I got that. You know, that radio voice. Yeah, there we go. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> That's one thing I need to do is I need to get headphones for everybody. Yeah. Because that way everybody can hear their voice. I was thinking of bringing some, but yeah. I probably I could have done that, but oh well. I know, man. I'm thinking about like I'm at the point where I've got like X amount of dollars to like put into the somewhere in the business, and I've been trying to decide for like the last two weeks what that's going to be. And so it's like, do I want to upgrade the microphones? Do I want to get like a headphone amp, which really isn't that expensive? You just start doing like on location stuff, dude. Like yeah. I I watched last night, uh, Brad Leone and Maddie Matheson. They went noodling. Yeah. That was a good Shit one. like that would be awesome. <laughs> yeah. So not as funny as that, but well, <laughs> um, but a, no, but a friend of mine uh, named Liz, uh, who has a podcast. Uh, hold, I'm sorry, Liz, I forgot the name of your podcast, but it's a good one. Yeah, I've listened. Yeah, to I've it heard before. it. I listen to it all the time. All right. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> um, anyways, Liz, uh, Liz reached out and wants to do a series, and we we're still trying to figure out what it's going to be. If it's going to be like online episodes mini series if we're going to try and put out like a full-fledged like documentary sort of a thing basically um it's either going to be a mini series where we just educate on how to actually consume locally right or we're going to do like a documentary where for a year both of us try to not eat anything unless it's 
from a local source. That, I think that's great because a lot of people around here, I mean, even myself included, as far as like distribution goes, mm. um, don't really understand how to do it. And I, I went and had lunch at the Brinewell Eatery yeah. with Devin, yeah. and he was super educational just for a half hour of talking to him about yeah. local distribution for restaurants and how you can get it priced well yeah, for man. what you're looking for and stuff. So that's something that after we open up, we look forward to doing our specials locally. You know, yeah. I, I, as a chef, it's, it's your dream to go to a market and get the food for your weekend special. Right. And you know what I mean? So try to do stuff like that. Um, at least in the summer when it's available, yeah. it's good. Um, and there's a lot of stuff in the city. I didn't even know there was a market in the city. Oh, really? For Christ. I mean, I've been such a suburb, like <laughs> rat, like it's so crazy. Just being in the city is like, yeah. Oh my God. The education I'm getting right away is, is crazy, but yeah, I'm, I'm loving it. I really am. So you're at three lives now, which hasn't opened. E- well, who knows when we're going to put this out, but it hasn't opened yet. No, according not, to uh, uh, tentatively yeah. August 1st okay. as of right now, uh, soft openings and stuff before, but we'll, we'll see with COVID it's a yeah. flip of the coin. So right, yeah. <laughs> we don't know. So before that, I knew you when you were at Vince's. Yep. That's where we Way met. Way back when. I'd say, yeah. Way. All those years ago. All those years ago. Yeah. And then you <laughs> left Vince's and you went to Carmelita's. Mm-hmm. And then COVID-19 happened. Yep. And then you were out of Zach's apartment. Yes. And my, then- <laughs> <laughs> the lovely studio right. that was my apartment. Yeah, I did. Uh, I was going to bring you the shirt that I made, but I ran oh, out of, uh, you know ran out of them but i'll get you one in the next time but it was like so how did you start at vince's let's go back there so and was that your first cooking job so i started at uh maine's food and party warehouse okay when it was there back in the day uh i had gotten you know we'll, we'll be completely true on the on the podcast <laughs> i got kicked out of college oh nice um i was going to school for videography actually oh, cool. um and i got kicked out and you know my mom woke me up and she was like through the kick out letter on my chest when I was, you know, <laughs> hung over at, at three in the afternoon, that kind of thing. And she was like, go get a job or whatever. Yeah. So I went to Maine's and I got a job there. Um, I worked in the deli and my boss in the deli was um, a caterer on the side. Hmm. And one day he was like, hey, do you want to help me with this gig? Like the guy that was working with me bailed on me, like, come help me do whatever. Yeah. And I was like, okay, whatever. I'm gonna just be like serving stuff or whatever. And we did a we did a wedding for 120 people, plated, just the two of us. Wow. And I worked 30 something hours in two days and hmm. and made a shit ton of money. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, that yeah. was fun. Can I do that again? He was like, yeah, you did a pretty good job or whatever. And they slowly let hmm. me do more and more and taught me and. After about a year and a half of like working at Maine's and working with him on the side, he was like, go start catering on your own. Hmm. What are you doing? Yeah. And I was like, okay. Did he have like a space or was he doing it out of his, like his kitchen? Or? He did it out of, uh, so it was a little more, you know, legal than yeah. what I've been doing. But, um, <laughs> you know, come and get me. It's over now. <laughs> but but uh, he had like a church, like rented a church kitchen. Okay. Um, and he would do it out of there. That's cool. Uh, before that, he did, he had his own space. Yeah. Um, but it kind of slowed down and he got the job at Maine's and. You know how it is in our business. You got to have health insurance from somewhere. And yeah, it's not really right. coming from yourself. So, um, yeah. But he, I mean, I still to this day think he's one of the best. His name's Pete Greco. He's mm. one of the best, uh, one of the best chefs I've ever worked with. Mm. Um, and nobody really knows him. You yeah. know, <laughs> I think he uh, he works at American Food and Vending now, and he waits tables mm. at Amano, and he's waited tables at okay, like uh, Avocoli's for a long time and stuff like that. And he's just 
the smartest foodie ever. Yeah. Um, he really got me going on like Mediterranean food. Oh, that's His cool. company was called Olives and Lemons. So mm. everything was like real citrusy, really mm. flavorful, like nice oils and stuff like that. So I learned a lot from him. Um, and then he was just kind of like, hey, man, go do your thing. Uh, screw up. I was like 20 mm. at that point. And I mean, it was a blessing to have somebody to push me like that because I was able to screw up yeah. and undercook all the chicken in the world for people <laughs> and do all the shitty, you know what I mean? Just really have that school of hard knocks kind of yeah. learning experience. Um, and he said, just, you know, cook for whoever will eat your food hmm. and just keep cooking and keep cooking. Even if it's like you're not making money, just make sure everybody tastes yeah. your food. And, and I, I didn't really reap the benefits of that until like, three months ago <laughs> but but it was uh it was great advice you know what i yeah. mean like to work on something for that long and hmm. i'm a huge advocate for um sorry mom not going to college right. <laughs> like yeah. it's uh or at least you know counselors and people like that trying to find a better yeah, for way sure, to push people into what they like to do because yeah. uh, college isn't for everybody it's not for me yeah if i had just gone and worked in a restaurant when i was 17 i probably could have been a little more ahead, but you know, <laughs> it is what it is. But do you think it's important for people to go to culinary school? It's funny. I met a, I met a chef recently who was, uh, who went to culinary school and we hit it off. We were talking, we were having a great time talking food, had a beer. And I was like, you know, I think you're the first chef from culinary school that I've met that I've ever liked. <laughs> like, <laughs> Which is not true, right? Because there's people like Eamon, and yeah. Eamon, Eamon's one of the yeah, nicest, man. greatest chefs, like Eamon's like greatest people to talk person. to. He's like the hero yeah. of our city when right. it comes to food. But um, as far as people my age, yeah. um, my generation is re really lacks work ethic. Yeah, I think, and hmm. school can sometimes make that even worse. Yeah. Um, as far as things like being a doctor and stuff like that, obviously not. You have to know stuff like that, but labor-intensive jobs like our industry yeah it, you could take it either way i think if i were to go back now i would just it would ruin me <laughs> but um no i mean i think it's it's important to have the different niches for sure yeah in our business to have the corporate or high-end dining kind of style and then to have the people that can take that high-end dining like ideas that mm. they learn from youtube and working in the business and stuff and push that into like what we're focusing on at Three Lives, which mm. is like high end fast food, really great flavors, mm. really good local ingredients, stuff like that. But yeah. in a way that's kind of more tangible to non foodies. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, man, it's pretty. It's you know, I don't really know what the status of the industry is. I mean, I, I mean aside from the fact that everything is fucked, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> like, yeah. um, I mean, I still don't know dick about food, but uh, there's. You know, I know that there's like waves that have like come and gone. And even though probably now I would say like the maybe the lo definitely the local movement is probably more popular than ever right now yep. because of COVID. I don't know, at least in my opinion, I feel like it's kind of dying a little bit because now things are getting a little bit back to normal. Um, even For though now. I mean, even though <laughs> people still really aren't going out, I mean. The, 
in my opinion, one of the I'm getting way off track, but one of, in my opinion, we knew it was going to happen. Yeah, happen. Listen, <laughs> when I start drinking, yeah, when we get together, I can barely keep a fucking thought together. Yeah, it's all right. You There's a beer. lot to talk about, man. I know. I mean, we've all we've all been sitting in there our houses am, doing nothing for <laughs> God knows how long. Like, I, yeah, I meet but, strangers and I'm more yeah. talkative than I've ever been. It's crazy. But when people were panicking, and when you couldn't get shit at Wegmans or Price Chop or any of that, we you know you go to like Vince's, you go to Spears, you go to these places, and they still have plenty. Or you can go find a local farmer. I mean, I even I'd... like when this all started, um, and I was going through a divorce. Everything was like really crazy, yeah. just crazy, like <laughs> insane. I found I found my sanity like at the regional market. Like, yeah. And there was, it was so sad for me to go there, like, and I was so angry sitting in my car because there was nobody there. Yeah. The first few weeks. And yeah, it was colder. It was, the seasons were just starting to change and stuff, but I'd been there all winter and it had been packed. Mm -hmm. And when I was shopping there and just trying to push people to go shop there and stuff like that, it was like, it was like, that was the sanity that like people could have had. And it was a little sketchy mm-hmm. to to shop there, but it was a lot less sketchy to go to than going to Wegmans, right, or anything like that. And and that was, <laughs> you know, I've always said, you know, shop local, shop blah blah blah. But it's like, as a as a twenty eight year old man, you don't have, always have the money to mm-hmm. shop local and stuff like that. But it, it kind of falls into it when you prioritize it. You're able to um, eat a little more healthy. Mm-hmm. You're able to be more creative. You're able to. Um, literally help someone's business that could be closing if you don't yeah so i thought about that a lot going to those local places and just thinking about you know maybe i'm spending more not necessarily more on the product but i'm just like buying more i was thinking you know i'm I'm, it felt like you were doing something good at least yeah but there is definitely those first like the week of like the okay everything's now shut down um, in the week in like the week after I was definitely one of those panic buyers. I mean, I had, oh, dude, I, like... I came here at like <laughs> seven in the morning one day to I forget what I had to do, but I had to like come down here before I went to work to yeah. get something done. And I was driving into work at like eight and Paul Valenti called me and was like, I'm pretty sure the governor is going to shut things down here this morning in his briefing. Like, you won't be able to leave your house. And obviously, everybody at that time was, like, panicked the oh, fuck out. Yeah. And I literally, like, did a U-turn, sped my ass to the nearest grocery store, just started running the aisles, throwing, like, rice and shit in the... Not Shop even thinking. Drop. Called yeah, my everybody. wife. I was like, "I'm on my way home. Meet me on the meet me out front to get yeah. the groceries." The only I thing mean, I did, I think, was uh, I went to Asia Food Market, which is my home away from home. Yeah, and I was very sad when they closed for a few weeks, but I I bought yeah same yeah. thing couple of couple of fifteen pound bags of rice, right, like yeah, a man. bunch of a bunch of you know dried noodles right. and stuff like that, and then I just ended up eating like. <laughs> Right. normal yeah. right <laughs> like, i know and i still have like you know yeah. another 15 pounds of rice left yeah. to cook even with cooking for people so. we still have six cans of uh canned potatoes oh, in the cupboard that we haven't touched so yeah i know it's um i do feel like so i don't know i don't know how much 
people are still concerned with like the local thing. I mean, places like Eden and Farm to Fork 101 mm-hmm. did their you know direct to consumer from the farm. Boxes. So I heard they were planning on doing like a distribution for restaurants at some point, right? Yeah. So there's out towards like the Finger Lakes in Rochester, there's a place called Food Water Hub. Mm-hmm. And they basically do that. They essentially are the distributor from the farm to the restaurant. Right. And it's pretty amazing because they can do like any farm you can think of. You can get shit from them. And so um, and I think they've been around for quite a while and they're pretty big in the area. But I don't think they hit Syracuse very much. Um, so, anyways, Eden is trying to in Farm to Fork 101. Mark and Rich are trying to kind of do that. Hopefully, I'm not letting the cat out of the bag with that one. But um, <laughs> from what I understand, they're going to try and do that, which yeah, I think rumor, is great. The rumors going around, so right. I'm sure it's. Yeah. Um, but like you know, they had their boxes, which we bought a couple, and they were great. Um, I drove to Earlville. Where the fuck is Earlville? <laughs> somewhere that way, right. that way, somewhere. <laughs> I'm pretty yeah. sure it was south. Uh, it's <laughs> and um, out near Hamilton, sort of. Yeah. And uh, I drove down there to buy a brisket from a dude, mm-hmm. and it was like ten dollars a pound. It was fucking ridiculously yeah. expensive, and it still is. Yeah. But I drove down there because it was like a local farmer that I could buy it from. So it was like mm-hmm. sweet. Um, and now restaurants are back open. We've only been out to eat three times since it all started. I've been out to eat at Kasai Ramen three times yeah. in the last week. Yeah, I was going to say today. Kyle's a mate. Kyle's been. Yeah. It, it's crazy to uh, to go off topic a little bit again, but the, the community downtown, mm-hmm. going from working in the suburbs exclusively mm-hmm. and having it be such a competition-driven sort yeah. of um, – and it's weird, like the competitions between places that don't even have competition. You know what I mean? Like the the negativity between a brewery and a restaurant, or between hmm. a pizza place and a Mexican place, or anything like that. Like, there's some people that are trying to push it a little bit, but it's it's just being downtown for three weeks now. I've been there. Mm-hmm. Um, the people that have reached out to me and that have been super kind, and that hmm. have like, and and I say this because of talking about Kasai, like Kyle. It's just like whatever you need. Like, that's cool. Let me know about this. Let me know about that. Like, yeah. everybody's so supportive. It's insane. Hmm. And I'm just like, come from that like Italian background of like, <laughs> what are you trying to take money from me or close <laughs> us down? You know what I mean? But like, I've just been. It's been so positive yeah. and so nice, and it's such a great community. Like, I'm, I'm really excited to work downtown. It's crazy. Yeah. Like, and I, I've just been like, never go downtown. Yeah. But now I'm like, I'm downtown every day yeah. until like midnight. <laughs> like, right. just loving it. So, how old are you? 28. 28. So uh, when I was your age, no. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> I was kind of the same way. Before I moved, we yeah. live on the north side. Before mm-hmm. I moved to the north side and, like, started working at a place in downtown, which was, you know, what, like, two years, two and a half years ago when I started at Kubal. Mm-hmm. Like, I never went downtown. People asked me to go downtown. but like, fuck you. I'm yeah. not going oh, downtown. It's te- I, oh, my God. <laughs> I still, in my head, I'm like, it's terrible, but it's right. not. You yeah. know what I mean? Like. Now we're, I mean, that's pretty much all we do. Yeah. We don't really go to the suburbs very yeah. often, yeah. you know. Um, I mean, if there was, I always said if there was a reason to, and working at Carmelita's, Teresa's, food yeah. is amazing. Yeah. It's a little bit off the beaten path, and, and, you know, I was able to learn a lot from her, but it's like, again, the, the suburbs are not the place for stuff like that right. anymore, yeah. sadly. And they're really not the place for, I mean, there's some good food, but it's not to say that, it, like, you know, 
there just can't be. But there's really nothing extraordinary in the no, suburbs. Yeah. I mean, you see it. What's successful in the suburbs is family places. Yeah. You know, uh, Twin Trees. Right. Stuff like that. Nesticos. Yeah. I mean, I still I stand by Toss and Fire as the yeah. one of the best pizzas in the city. Yeah. And I know that they would do a hundred times better if they were downtown. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think they would. You don't think so? No. No. No, man. There are certain like. So the way I look at like the suburbs, like Baldwinsville, for example, right? Baldwinsville has so many restaurants in such a small space. I mean, if you think about like downtown and then even just like the couple that are just outside of downtown, like Tassone's Fireside Inn, which, you know, they do dinner, but really they're just, you know, so, you know, you have a couple of like those two places that are on the like five minutes outside of downtown Baldwinsville, the village of Baldwinsville, not downtown Baldwinsville. (laughs) Uh, But in the village of Baldwinsville, you have like 12 restaurants that are all open, same hours. I mean, you've got at least three pizza shops. Yeah. Not to mention like the fucking Little Caesars. (laughs) You have the Beeville Diner. You have Angry Garlic. You have now Greens and Grains. You have Devin, who opened up, uh, I think that's his name, who opened up the old Chef and the Cook spot when right. they left. Yep. I mean, there are so many restaurants, but Baldwinsville does a shit ton yeah. of it. Like, if you can't be successful, like, I'm not talking about like being a millionaire, but if you can't be successful, pay your bills in Baldwinsville. Well, I feel like Beeville is the cusp of, like, where people won't travel to the city. Yeah, You know what I mean? Like, that's probably there's, why it's so successful out there's there. There's a lot of money out there. You yeah. know, a lot of lot of like people who have, you know, make that one hundred and fifty, two hundred and fifty, three hundred thousand yeah. dollars a year. So they've got, exp- you know, disposable income. And that's why you can do fun stuff like what Angry Garlic does, and like they yeah. they have decent menus that are that are a little more fun. They're not like city fun. They're not like yeah going and sitting down at Kasai where Kyle goes. Yeah, I'm just making what I want. Right, and it's all banging. Like yeah. it's all really really good. And right. Like, it's that that creativity is there like and that's why i'm so excited to work in the city is because i've had creativity you've had some of my specials before and stuff like that but it's never been like yeah it's never been like me yeah right yeah because you've been yeah all right so let's back up here yeah jesus jesus man (laughs) talking uh this is what happens the first my name's zach cavallo i'm (laughs) the chef at three (laughs) lines is what happens people yeah, when you come right. out of quarantine hey. <laughs> um put a microphone in some in yeah front of somebody uh so all right so you're catering for that dude you're working at mains with that dude yes and then when do you you go straight from that to vince's so i had two stints at vince's actually okay so that was my first stint was one of the cashiers at vince's used to shop at mains and kind of like seduced me over there basically as like a deli worker okay because I was a really good salesman, and I always said if you could sell a pound of Wonder Bar bologna to somebody, you could sell anything kind of thing. <laughs> and we were selling a shit ton of Wonder Bar bologna. <laughs> so it was – I went is that, right, a, is that a thing? Hold on. Is that a thing in the deli to, like, be a salesman? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Dude. Really? That's where I learned – because I – in high school, I was in theater, so yeah. I was always really well-spoken. Mm-hmm. But at the deli is where I learned my people skills completely. Really? Because Maine's was hmm. to try and be PC, like – People were fucking scumbags <laughs> shop there. You know what I mean? So it was you you had to be nice to everyone and there was people trying to steal and stuff like that. Yeah. And it was also a restaurant, so you would deal with the restaurant owners too. Yeah. So as soon as I was working with Pete a lot, he was like, Hey man, like this guy's pretty big around here. Yeah. Be nice to him. Hmm. Or this guy's I worked for this guy before, he sucked. Like, don't give a shit about him. Yeah. Like 
I learned a lot about the restaurant industry just from working at a grocery store, Yeah, which was great. Um, but I went right from there to Vince's, um, and that was my first stint. I was like 22-ish, 23-ish. Okay. can't really remember. Um, but I worked at Vince's for two, three years. I learned a lot about Italian food, yeah. uh, which I thought I knew a lot about, but I knew a lot about American Italian food. Mm-hmm. And I was able to learn a lot from Sam at Vince's about uh, – Sam's not the greatest cook of all time, but he's really knowledgeable about like yeah. the different areas of Italy, the different cuisines, the – all the like ins and outs of business when mm. it comes to food. Yeah. Um, so I learned a lot from him about that there. And that was my first stint. And then um, we got in a huge argument and I told him to go fuck himself. And then I left. <laughs> 22. I was 22. Um, <laughs> and I worked at a couple of places like under the table. Um, and then I went to, I was a chef at a daycare for a year, which was fun. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's a lot. I told you it was a long road. Um, and that, that was actually kind of helpful in helping me like learn about like, uh, paperwork. Okay. Cause you had to everything, everything that you cooked, every ingredient that went into any of your food, you had to write down, hmm. which I hated. It was miserable, but, um, it was helpful to learn like that aspect of everything and stuff like that. The, the more corporate aspect of food. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, I, Changed a bunch of diapers and blah, 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 blah. <laughs> um, but after that, I actually went back. Whoa, where did I go after that? Vince's? I think I went back to Vince's after that um, as the catering manager Okay. that time. Because I was still, during all this, I'm catering on the side. Like How crazy. did you get back to Vince's after? Uh, I was like, so, I was like, sorry, bro. Like, I don't know. <laughs> like, Did was, you see like the ad in the paper? No, I mean, I'd grown up a lot. You know what I mean? I yeah. was in a, I was in a pretty committed relationship. I was yeah. more adult. I was working on things, blah, 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 yeah. blah. I was a little less angry, stuff like that. Um, and you know, I had a, a better resume. I had a lot of people in my corner about catering and stuff like that. And I, and he, he knew I was good at it. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I did that. Um, and then I was there for a little less than a year, I think. Mm. And then Teresa over at oh, Carmelita's. Really? Okay. It was that short. It. Yeah, it was, it was relatively short. Yep. <clears throat> um, and I didn't have any plan to leave that time. I was, I was loving it. Hmm. I mean, I love those guys like crazy. I was just yeah. there this morning. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I didn't have any plans to leave, but I did a catering gig for Teresa's husband's birthday. Okay. Like at the restaurant for her. Um, and I was able to use her kitchen and everything. Let's bring the mic to you. You can bring that thing wherever you want, man. You can travel to. Did you sanitize this? No, before? I did not no. sanitize that shit. I mean, uh, sure, yeah, I yeah. sanitized that. <laughs> I uh, so I was able to, I was able to cook for her and use her kitchen, and she kind of saw me cook and stuff like that. And then she was yeah. like, "Okay, hey, do you want to work here?" Like, that's cool. And I was like, "Yeah, yeah, I do, yeah." And uh, so I ended up going there, and things were great. I mean, we were able to push. I mean, you were there the first yeah. week or two. I think I was there, and I kind of took over the social media, and I was yeah. able to push what I wanted to push, and blah blah blah. But it was it was still a little difficult just for me, who's creative driven and yeah, and knows he can work a lot harder on things when he's creating and stuff like that. Yeah, um, it was a little bit different. And again, I had no plans on leaving, but All right, the the world had plans on <laughs> yeah. different plans. Exactly. But it was uh, it was mutual. I mean, I I, I yeah. love that restaurant. And I want to be able to eat there, and I want to be able to go there. And I said, you know, like you hmm. got you got to let me go. Yeah, because I was like, my salary will close this place down. Yeah, and I feel like that happened a lot of places. But luckily, I was able to thrive when it came to um, just cooking food out of my tiny little apartment, yeah. which was 
my ex-wife had recently moved out of, so I was able to just completely make it into a restaurant, hmm. like, style, like, prep yeah. room in the living room and cool. moved all my shit into one bedroom and just, <laughs> like, had the rest of it just kind of be taken over. Hmm. And it was just, like, completely illegal and terrible, but <laughs> it was, like, I was able to make make money and support and, and stay, most importantly, stay practiced. Yeah. And second, most importantly, be able to put out content. Yeah. Like, and be able to just show people what I was doing and have different pictures of food every day and different cuisines every day and, and to have that word of mouth between people. Yeah. And that's, uh, that's kind of how I found John. That's cool. Which yeah. happened after that, which was, I, a bunch of people had just tagged me in his post where he said, I'm looking for a head chef. And I gave him a call and I had an interview and then I went in and had another interview and then I was hired. That's awesome. Yeah. Eventually we're going to move into a bigger house in a couple of years. And I think the plan at that point is to like, have a studio, a studio space, yeah. Nice. I probably won't do anything crazy, but it'll be like a home office slash, yeah. you know. Um, and actually, I am, you know, one thing positive during, well, there's been a lot of shit that's been positive during. Yeah, quarantine. isn't it weird? <laughs> uh, but one thing is, we're, I'm building, I've built an e- illegal chicken coop in my backyard. Nice. Um, we live in the city, we live in the north side, yeah. and it's against the law to have yeah. chickens. Uh, but fuck you, government. Yeah. And um, anyway, so we uh, I did try to contact my city councilman. I just want that to be clear for anyone who may be listening to this. Yeah, we podcast. believe you. Yeah. We believe you. <laughs> they didn't respond to me. So it's not yeah. my fault. And you, all yeah. my neighbors were cool with it. Yeah. So. Hey, as long as you're being nice to your like yeah. chickens aren't going to bug anybody right. more than like a one house radius of your house. Exactly. Like, or like they're not going to bother anybody more than a dog. So probably less than a dog less than a dog yeah. um so anyway so we're building this chicken coop and uh so i think i'm gonna do some like uh i'm gonna try and do a podcast a month where i invite somebody to the chicken coop <laughs> that's amazing dude. i think that'll be fun that's amazing you know just sit there amongst the chickens yeah you know talk about stuff that's amazing i think that'd be kind of fun. i like that a lot I actually know. Right. let me be on that <laughs> <laughs> That sounds awesome. Yeah. Are you going to call it the chicken coop? Yeah. I don't yeah. know what I'm no? going to call it. Oh. Yeah. Maybe like podcast on the farm. Or yeah, dude. Podcast like in that. the house. You should have, uh, if like it's a chef that comes on, you should have them, you should like make an egg dish with them or something. Yeah. It's a good thing you said eggs and not a chicken dish. Well, I mean, I a couple of years down the road when they start getting older. Maybe. <laughs> I watched, that was like one of the first things I did was like, I went for about a week of YouTube videos on how to raise chickens. And then I watched a video on how to like butcher a chicken, and yeah. I quickly determined I would not be able to do that. No, so, I'll you know. take them, dude. I don't. I'll think... do them for you if you want. <laughs> I'm only gonna get, so I'm gonna get Rhode Island Reds, which are like great egg producers. And uh, I guess technically they're considered like a half, you know, because there's like there's like meat birds which genetically grow so fucking fast yeah. that like their bones protrude out of their skin. Yes. Yeah. You know, it's disgusting. And you have to kill them. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So there's those ones or there's like, you know, in between birds and then there's like great egg laying birds and there's like, you know, your pet birds. Um, so I've determined, I was going to think, thinking about getting like a couple silkies, like which are really just pets. You know, they look funny ones like the with the weird hair. Yeah. You know, um, but I think I'm just going to get Rhode Island Reds. So they're good egg, egg layers. Yeah. 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 And yeah, man. It's it's cra- I mean, it's crazy. Like a lot of people don't really understand how much better farm raised eggs are. Oh, yeah. Like taste wise, size wise. Like, yeah. Just. Ugh. Well, I'm doing it because I wanted to plant a garden. And yeah. 
you know, I've said it before, but we bought the side lot next to our house for a dollar, which is great in the city. So it's like this anomaly for the north side. We have this huge ass yard. Yeah. And so this year I was thinking like during quarantine, this is great. I'm going to build a couple raised beds and, you know, I've got a shit ton of space. I'm going to plant a bunch of vegetables and what the soil was garbage. Yeah. Like yeah. There, nothing's ever been grown there except for yeah. weeds. So, yeah. um, I was watching a video and a dude was talking about that. And I was like, Oh, well he's like, you know, you can turn your soil, but you know, you can turn your ground over, but you're, it's going to take like a seed, like a year, a solid year of working at it to get your ground ready for seed. So I, you know, was like, okay. So I bought a composter and I was like, found out chickens are great mm-hmm. for that. So Good. I was like, okay, we're getting chickens. If you really want to piss off, the government you can get goats because mm. they're great for that too <laughs> i and, and you don't have to mow the lawn i should just pause and say uh, so i had to get my wife's permission um well, i would that's lo- the real government <laughs> <isn't it? laughs> i would love to have goats or yeah. a goat um yeah. i mean realistically i think it would be cool to one day you know we're looking at like buying a house now like getting out of the city just because i mean we don't live i mean obviously we're you know, uh, I would say middle-class white people. So we really don't know struggle that much. Um, but we typically play a game on the North side. It's like, was that a gunshot or was that a firework? Now today, it's, sad. it's really sad that things are, I mean, oh, cause yeah. I grew up in Maddydale yeah. and it was when I grew up, it was, it was perfectly fine. Yeah. Now this isn't just fine. since quarantine. This is no, even, Oh, believe me. I know. Yeah. But now, it's, it's, it's getting dangerous. Yeah. I mean, there was the, it's just, it's a. That's a whole nother podcast. Yeah. It's a, <laughs> it's a white person problem to have. Yes. But is. the second week, weekend, I sent, I did, I shouldn't say I sent, I asked my wife if she would go to, I love you, Rebecca. Um, <laughs> uh, I, w- I suggested that my wife should go to Boonville for the weekend. Yeah. You know, just because it was in. It was like after the first week of like shit that was going down, I went to like Gander Mountain, uh, Gander store. Oh, and yeah. Everybody's buy buying guns. So it, I'll tell you, dude, as a 32-year-old person who's never – I've fired guns before. Like I've gone to the yeah. range with like my dad and my brother. But I walked into that store and on a Sunday morning and this uh, like little teenager met me at the front door. And she's like, hey, you know, we're – you know, doing certain things in certain departments. So what are you here for? And I was like looking around. Like, <laughs> I'm not here to buy a gun. I'm here to buy a gun. <laughs> and she was like, great, a firearm. She's like, right this way. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, you know, it's uh, you know, we do it one at a time. So you're on the list and we'll call you in like 20 minutes. So I wait around, I get called up to the gun counter and there's this other woman behind the counter. And she's like, so, you know, what kind of gun are you looking for? I was like, I think I want a 20 gauge. And she goes, great. You know, what's it for? What's the use going to be for? And I like, same thing. I'm like looking yeah. over my shoulder. I was like, uh, home defense. Yeah. And she's like, sounds reasonable to me. I was like, well, it's, there's a, there's a great Dave Chappelle. Cause I'm huge into stand-up comedy, yeah. especially through the quarantine. There's a, there's a great Dave Chappelle skit on one of his recent specials where he talks about the same thing. He moved to Ohio and yeah. there was a lot of like white people walking across his land and stuff. And he's like, <laughs> He went to Kmart and he's like, I need a gun. <laughs> like, <laughs> <to Kmart. laughs> And they're like, okay, or whatever. And he's like, 
you know, here, here's one, like, this would be great for you or whatever. And he's like, what kind of bullets do you want? And he puts them in front of him and he's like, oh, these look fine. He's like, those won't kill a man. The guy said, <laughs> it's like, you could just get a gun anywhere yeah, really man. nowadays. The pistol permit's a little different. Yeah. But. Yeah, man. It really is. Uh, it was, it was a definitely an interesting time. And so I won't. Is this a know. food podcast or? Yeah. <laughs> this has always been a whatever podcast. I mean. No, I love it. I listen, I listen to it quite a bit, actually. It's, it's a great, um. Because I'm I'm one of those weird people that like listens to podcasts to fall asleep, ah, which is weird. But I've never listened to you to fall asleep. Oh, thank you. I've, I <laughs> actually be... listen to your podcast. <laughs> that would be I've never thought about be, that. Before. Yeah. That'd be really fucking weird. <laughs> Lay you down on my pillow next to me. And... <laughs> no, it's uh, I've been listening to Rogan since I started building. Like I've always listened to Joe Rogan, but now a three-hour podcast in its entirety. For the last month, dude, I've gotten home from work, go outside to the backyard, yep. turn on Rogan, get a beer, start working on building the chicken yep. coop. It's yeah. been great. No, it's, I mean, podcasts are, especially Rogan, because he has so much diversity in his yeah. guests. Like, it's super educational. Yeah. I listen to a lot of podcasts, and I like Rogan, too, because he's a comedian. Right. And it's funny. It's it's the same way I used to get, you know, news. Like, yeah. I would watch The Daily Show. Yeah. And I would watch those things. Like, that's how I would get news, because... The world's hilarious. Yeah. But you also got to know what's going on. Right. So I listen to a lot of those. Um, but, I mean, it's great to have a, a local one about food. Like, yeah. to be able to to get the word out about food around here, man. It's cr- it's crazy how much people I, are sleeping on it. I, I'm, yeah. even a, I'm even one of them. Like, yeah, man. Listen, there's so many places. I mean, I thought I knew something about, like, the industry in Syracuse and central New York. And then I went to work at Gerhars and realized that there's like 40 other people that have know all like they all know 100 different people. Oh, yeah. And they teach me so much. It's like, oh, yeah, you hear about so and so. I'm like, oh, yeah, of course I heard about that. So it's cool to have this to be able to introduce people to the world of food in Syracuse. But something that I talked about a lot when I was leaving Carmelita's and when I was in quarantine like by myself you know i had those couple of months that i was just yeah by myself (laughs) like and uh i was like i would like look in the mirror i'd be like zach you gotta brand yourself (laughs) and my mirror would look back at me and be like that sucks (laughs) just branding yourself like i've never been somebody wanted to be in the spotlight or whatever but like to be able to use something that i'm passionate about like food yeah to be in the spotlight it's made it a lot easier yeah, I'm. I would do a couple of videos like with myself, like talking right. about whatever. But mostly, it's my food that yeah. people are seeing, and that's what what. If people can recognize your food as much as they can recognize you, I think that's important. You said that earlier about the dude saying just like make sure people are tasting your food, mm-hmm. and it re- that is pretty interesting when you think of like the world today and how so many things are really just content. And it's a picture, it's a video, it's an Instagram story, it's a TikTok, whatever. Yeah. Um, to think about the fact that, like, you, it's, it's kind of the same thing as, like, a musician uh, passing out blank CDs of their tracks at, like, a gas station. I can't tell you how many times that's, like, I, I've found some great music from some dude yeah. walking up to me, handing, yeah. a C, handing yeah. me a CD of his demo yeah. and asking for a donation. but uh it's kind of the same thing for a chef i guess when you're trying to get started it's like if you don't have your if you haven't like really been figured out well that's why i like 
um, the team that we have at Three Lives so much right now yeah. because John, the owner, John Page, he's he's twenty nine. He's extremely motivated. He's got a great business plan, and he's fun, and yeah. he's himself. Yeah. And I've gone from you know this whole story about where I came from, like up until about a year ago, I wasn't like myself. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I wasn't who I wanted to be in the food industry. I wasn't making the food I wanted to make in the food industry. And I wasn't like, I didn't, I I have such a like personality. That's like, I swear I'm boisterous. Like I'm kind of out there when it comes to personality wise. And like to be able to have a place like three lives, which is personality driven and people want you to be personable and, and funny and, and they want you to be able to, like I have that switch when I'm in the kitchen. That's like, yeah, okay, it's time to take things seriously. <laughs> like that's that's where I do that. Mm-hmm. And then to be able to have the food there and have that speak for me yeah. in a professional way is really important. And and I pushed it down a lot. And I tried to be. I was like, you know, I'm going to be in the high end dining. I'm going to be this or whatever. But in our generation now, things are changing to what I'm going to put out at Three Lives and what we're going to do as a team is going to be high end. Yeah, and people are going to be able to understand more like these younger generations have this sort of work ethic to be able to put out cool stuff. Yeah. And I play a shit ton of video games. So like it's <laughs> in, in quarantine, I was, it's funny, like me and John joke about this and Josh, uh, the, the bar manager, yeah. uh, it's like, what did we do during quarantine? And he's like, I just made drinks and played video games. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I just made food all day and then played video games yeah. all night. Like that's all I did. And, yeah. uh, and we're all turning that into a career now and able yeah. to really just push it to a community that's, you know, COVID providing, yeah. going to be willing to enjoy it. Yeah. Like, come for the game, stay for the food and drink kind of thing. Right. Or yeah. vice versa, whatever whatever yeah. it ends up being. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, there are places, I mean, you know, the only experience I have, and granted, you guys aren't really going for this, which I think is pretty cool. Right. Um. The only place that I have experience of like a barcade is Austin. You know, when I lived in like I lived just an hour north of Austin, but we would go down uh, every once in a while to Sixth Street on like a Friday night, Saturday night, which, you know, Sixth Street in Austin is like no holds barred. I mean, it's fucking like the cops shut down every intersection and just stand there at a barricade. And all of Sixth Street is like. You can do whatever the fuck you yeah, want. Yeah, just a ball, bar crawl, basically. Yeah. Every I mean, night. you can walk in the middle of the street yeah. completely naked, fucking smoking a blunt and drinking a beer <laughs> yeah. in front of a cop, and they're not going to say shit to you. Kind of sounds like downtown a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, that's like, but like Sixth Street, now Austin has its fucking shit. But yeah. like that's, and I'm not advocating for that, Syracuse. Mayor Walsh, no, if please you're listening. don't. Yes, please don't. Um, but I'm just saying, like, so that was Sixth Street. But like, you would walk past it was like club bar restaurant barcade club bar you know like that was just like the thing down the street and um there was barcades there that were like first floor was a fucking dance club or maybe first floor was like the art like the actual barcade second floor is a fucking dance floor third floor was this yeah i mean they were intense for sure yeah but they worked and granted, that was like five years ago. Um, but to have three lives be like more, a little bit more esports focused, yeah, it's, it's like, fucking amazing. Oh, and it's, I mean, we all like 
it's funny as an adult, like, you know what I mean? Like you kind of like, I've been closeted as a gamer for a long time. You know what mm. I mean? Especially around like girls. Yeah. <laughs> if you're trying to impress a girl, you don't go, I watch this stream every day. You know what I mean? Like you're not, that's not the first thing you bring up. You don't put that in your Tinder profile, you know? Yeah. But like it's to, to give people like us a community Yeah. and to open them up to great food and great drink and, and a community of people. Yeah. Um, and we're incorporating like our own discord mm-hmm. and things like that. And you can long it into the discord when you come That's cool. and stuff like that. So there's so many layers and yeah, man. And it's like mm. every meeting we have, we're like all pitching ideas and we're like, yo, we got to make the menu. Like yeah. there's so much, there's so much room to grow with a place like that, yeah. that it's going to be, it's going to be a fun ride. Yeah. And we're just, we're really excited to get open and we just want to make it the best we can before it's open. And then. That's cool. I just had the we just had the kitchen installed yesterday, so I get to start mm. testing on Monday, and it's like wow. I've been in that kitchen just like come on, come on, come <laughs> on, like cleaning everything over and over again, ready yeah. to just get it going. So that's awesome, man. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure it's going to be a pretty cool space for sure. Oh yeah, and yeah. the menu is going to be great. the The drinks are going to be really, really good. We have a twelve tap system, and it's going to be all hmm. local stuff. That's cool. Um, besides the few, yeah, we've talked. That you gotta have at every bar. Yeah, but. for sure. Yeah, we've talked. I don't know if you're still planning on it, but like it being a lot of like smash burger sort of. Yeah. So the focused. menu um, is kind of based around um, we're going to be grinding our own meat. Mm. So it'll be smash burgers and I'll be making my own sausage. Mm. Thank you, Sam at Vince's for teaching me how to do that <laughs> and making me make a shit ton of it all the time. Um, but I think it's conducive to having it the quality be there. Yeah. Um, and it's also really, 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 really good to do. Yeah, honestly, um, and it's not as much labor as people think it is, and stuff like no. that. But it's uh, we're we're basing it around smash burgers, um, and like kind of having our house specialty sort of toppings and stuff like that, and our own special burgers. Yeah, um, and then po' boys, and then mm. a bunch of different sides. So bar food, like high end bar food, sort of really high quality. Yeah, lot. I'm doing a lot of pickles, a lot of you know things like that. That's awesome, man. Yeah. So it'll be fun. Um, God damn it. I'm excited to do it. That I'm sounds excited. so I'm fucking to, like, good right now. I mean, granted, <laughs> I'm, I'm three beers in. But yeah, that dude. sounds fucking amazing. <laughs> Holy shit. And, and it's crazy how, like, how well Josh and I are already working together with food and drink. Like, because mm. it's, you're not going to be eating something and not drinking something. You know yeah. what I mean? And it's, a lot of people sleep on that. You know what I mean? Bars are too separate from the food sometimes. Yeah. So we'll do some fun stuff with, like, you know. What if we do brunches and stuff like that? We'll do some fun like drinks and you know, there's those things like you talk about Austin, there's place like these milkshake bars yeah. and like all these things like making our own house ice cream and stuff like that is a yeah. possibility. There's a lot of cool stuff we can do. So and like I said, I could just right. about it all day long. Yeah. <laughs> do me a favor. What do you want me to get even closer? No. Don't do brunch. Don't do brunch. I hate brunch. Yeah, because you're not a white girl. <laughs> like, that's why you hate brunch. That's probably. I don't true. want you at the brunch. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> that's probably smart. But no, we're going to be open Sundays at eleven. Okay. So our brunch will just kind of be like our brunch special, if that makes sense. Like a brinner, like a brinner. Yeah. Special. Okay. All right. That's cool. Yeah. Brunch to me is either like expensive for the normal shit. Yeah, whatever, dude. Right. Yeah, <laughs> fuck you. Listen, you go to a restaurant. Hold on. You go If you go to like a special, and everyone listening to this podcast better fucking li- agree with me. If you go to a Nobody's restaurant. Nobody's going to agree with you. People you, love brunch, oh, bro. Brunch sucks. <laughs> brunch is the worst. 
It's oh. like not substantial enough to like be like, wow, I'm stuffed. And it's also too expensive for the regular like breakfast menu. If you go to a brunch plate, listen, just hear me out. Oh, on God, this. Dude, it's hear so me hard. out. Just hear me out. <laughs> if you go to a like a brunch yeah, only yeah. place, not a brunch only, but if you go to a, like a non-breakfast place for brunch, and you order like eggs, hash browns, and toast, that shit's fucking like thirteen dollars. It's not on a brunch menu though. I well, no, you'd be surprised how many fucking places in this town. So you do go to brunch. Well, <laughs> listen. <laughs> I've been a couple times. No, I no, I I kind I slightly agree with you, but as a chef, brunches brunches are fun. What I've listen, you what? may be the only person I've ever heard say that, dude. I was able to do the last brunch I did at Carmelita's. I did okay, that's French different. toast that's with homemade different. cream cheese, and I made I okay. took IBU's uh, blonde coffee ale. Yeah. And I made maple syrup out of it. That's cool. I had a blast and a half, dude. Like, Carmelita's is different because Teresa listened to advice from someone. I won't say. From you one, about brunch? Who said, <laughs> and you said, don't do brunch? Right. Is that what you no. said? I said, make it an event. Like, no, do yeah, it like no. once a month. I agree. Like, yeah. make it and that thing. was really conducive to it being successful, yeah. honestly. Um, White I, people will fucking go crazy over once. I think places brunch. that are just like brunch places, it's a little bit more difficult. But as a either a ticketed event or something like that, like, yeah, it's something that's fun for the chefs, fun for the people, and it, it makes money. Like you should do like an esports tournament combined with like a brunch. Or oh yeah, we're gonna we're gonna be doing a lot of like, um, especially because what's so great is there's always gonna be a new video game coming out. There's always gonna yeah. be a new tournament that's happening. There's always gonna hmm. be all these things that happen in the video gaming community yeah. that we can pair food and drink with and we can pair all this stuff with. And it's like, I'm such a nerd about it. You know, sitting there watching the PS five (laughs) event with my friends like, yeah, I can make food about this. Like sweet, (laughs) Stuff like that. And it's been really fun. Like making the puns on the menu, like for the food and stuff like that. But yeah, let me check these cameras real quick. (laughs) My name's Anthony and I don't like brunch. (laughs) <laughs> have, you never, have you not read Bourdain's fucking uh, Kitchen Confidential? Bourdain was, I love that man, but he was angry. He was angry about everything. <laughs> the man's a, a inspiration and a half, but jeez. We don't, we don't all need to be so cynical about <laughs> eating food at a different time of the day. <laughs> like That's pretty funny. Yeah, man, I don't know. I just don't like brunch. Um, <laughs> it's understandable. I, I have a lot of, there's a lot of things when it comes to food. Like I've, I, I think I, it, people will be like, Hey, like, will you try this? Like, blah, blah. it's like, I'll eat anything. Yeah. Really? I'm not going to eat it and be like, this is my favorite. But like any, like if you're putting something in front of me, I'll try it. The only brunch that I've ever liked now. Besides Carmelita's. Which I don't think you ever went to. I did. We we did once. We did once. And I did like Carmelita's. However, I don't know, man. There's just something about brunch. It's like a way to overpay for your food, I feel like. There's like, if, I mean, there's certain restaurants that I've gone to that I've had one bad experience at and I won't go back to again just because, and it might be good the next time because people change chefs, people change this, blah, blah, blah. But at the same time, like, I don't know. I once you get it in your head, right? That's like I think here's my you'll issue. eat any brunch and it's just your taste buds are feeling different. Like it's 
here's my issue with brunch. The brunch works. Well, it doesn't even really work. No, brunch just doesn't work. I'm sorry. I said it. Fourth wall because you're talking about brunch. (laughs) (laughs) I know. Anthony's Eat Local CMY official stance on brunch (laughs) is that it sucks. Yeah. And no, I mean, I I like half agree with you. It's it's different on the back end, I think. And it's it's crazy that you say like like chefs don't like brunch. I think yeah, it might be because they're just doing the same brunch over and over again and they're not yeah. changing things around and doing fun stuff. But like when we would have our brunches, they'd be themed like IBU was there pouring, making beer yeah. mosas and stuff like that. And I was using their stuff in the food right. and it was like, it was a fun event. Yeah. And I had people go like, why'd you do that to the French toast? Blah, blah, blah. I was like, <laughs> I made my own cream cheese. Right. Yeah. <laughs> what, do you, what do you mean? Why did I yeah. do it? Like it was delicious. Teresa like, did a good job with those things, yeah, man. Yeah. And it was, I, I loved, I loved working with Teresa. I still have coffee with her and stuff like yeah. that. And yeah, she's a great, great woman. She's yeah. super nice. Her food is so good. It is. It's just not conducive to having, someone else there that's no. good at what they do too yeah. you know what i mean it's not it's not like that and and we both kind of knew it yeah you're not gonna have and covid was a blessing in disguise for both of us right if she's you're still a, doing really well so if you're a chef you're not gonna go into carmelita's and like have your own because that woman has been making that food right and it's good six years old it really is good and it's great i mean i now this isn't saying much it's saying a lot but it's not saying much she had the best taco two years ago in Syracuse, according to my palate. <laughs> you don't need to be humble, bro. I and I've, I've yeah, well, and I, it's yeah. I will say this publicly on the podcast: like you are huge for this city. Yeah, you don't need to be you don't need to be humble about it. Thank you. Like especially like even just with me personally during the quarantine, like you see somebody local that's trying to do something and you support them. Yeah. And it's a huge, huge thing to have somebody like that around here, especially yeah. in a media that Syracuse doesn't have a lot of, um, which is yeah. podcasting and, and really just food media in general. Right. So, yeah, I mean, I love the fact that we live here. And it, listen, I try to talk my wife into moving to Hawaii like often. That's interesting. Yeah, I would listen. I would jump ship and go to Hawaii Good. tomorrow. I would give you <laughs> eat local CNY. <laughs> I would give that dumpster. We do look similar enough. I don't. I think it would work. (laughs) I don't give a shit. If I could live in Hawaii, and it's it's part of the goal. I mean, listen, I've got. There's too much shit going on. Like one thing that quarantine has taught me, that I'm quickly forgetting now that things are getting somewhat back to normal. Uh, One thing quarantine taught me is like I was doing too much. Like your aunt's a great person, but I was doing the producing her podcast. And, like, the first week in the quarantine, I was editing the last episode that we had recorded. And I was I was busy, even though things had died down. Yeah. And I was like, how the fuck was I doing this three weeks ago? Like, where did I find the time to do this? I don't have time to do it now, and I'm less busy. And so I was like, I can't do it anymore. And there's a few other things that I did that with. It was just like, there was just, it was like, I'm doing too much. Yeah. Now... I'm still doing too much. Well, the quarantine has been crazy and like, uh, it feels like such a break. Right. Even though you're still working so much. Yeah. Like when you're able to focus and for me, like I was doing crazy amounts of orders for people, like crazy amounts out of my own apartment. Like people were messaging me, dude. They were like, and it was crazy. Hey, we ordered from Zach. 
I mean, people were sending me shit. And it was like, when I was doing that, it didn't feel like work. Yeah. But I was busier than, I was working more hours than I was at Carmelita's before. Yeah. But I was doing stuff that was creative and new stuff. And people were so willing to be like, you know, I want chicken riggies. And I literally told somebody, I was like, I'm. I'm never making chicken riggies again in my fucking life. <laughs> I made the decision in quarantine and I was like, no more chicken riggies for me. <laughs> like, that's it. Yeah. And they were like, okay, well, what can you make? And I was like, you know, I would drop a bunch of menus for them and just like yeah. crazy. Like, mm. and it was like, people are now through quarantine are, their palates are getting bigger. They're starting to care less about like, you know what I mean? I was yeah. making fermented hot sauces for people. Like, yeah. I was doing this stuff that they would never try before. I mean, take let's just take out of the equation that you were like putting effort into it. Right. So let's just take that out of the equation for a second. The fact that you had started this business and were cooking the shit for home delivery out of your kitchen in your apartment or wherever the fuck you lived (laughs) with like nobody knew. Like, that's probably, yeah. like, one of, like, that's a massive, in my opinion, success story. Now, granted, if the health department, or, you know, like, if, if the, the government, if the police fucking, <laughs> yeah. you know, if the state came calling for, you know, but fuck that. Like, that's, it was, yeah. that's such a success story of quarantine that someone would, instead of just, I have another person that I know who, during quarantine slayed off from their job still had another like side gig um but went into a massive depression of laying on the couch watching movies all day not showering had the ability to go do something but just didn't do it like it's obviously those they're two like extremes but it's really like either you did this or you did that during quarantine and that was a huge, and I mean, like I mentioned, I had, I literally just got divorced. Which is even more. When COVID started. More fucking crazy. And I was incredibly depressed. <laughs> <laughs> but I could have, I could have, and I don't like to, I, I'm a huge advocate for mental health. Um, and I don't like to toot my own horn about anything because it's not, it's not helpful to my own mental health to have a big <laughs> ego. But, um it was the first time I was proud of myself for how I was handling something hmm. like, cause I would normally go over the edge with things like this and, yeah. and it was like, okay, Zach, you have these skills, you're unemployed, you're, you're here, you've been dealt these cards. Okay. Like it wasn't, it was just, they were dealt to me. They're there. Right. I'm looking at the cards and I'm like, either I could go to that couch and sit there or I could move that couch as far away from the kitchen as possible <laughs> and put a bunch of pizza boxes on it and never sit on it again. And that's just kind of what I ended up doing. And it was like, you know, don't get me wrong. I was depressed. I was drunk half the time I was doing it. Like, but I was there doing it. And it's something that a lot of chefs I think can understand, especially young, young chefs that yeah. are in the, in the area that I'm in right now uh which is syracuse new york and there's not always areas to and and to me i was like i'm gonna call Eamon and beg for a job at cisco (laughs) you know what i mean like that's what i was like i was like you know that's what i want to do but like i was like you know what like just keep making food and and there was something good about like not really caring about my life very much for a little bit like right 
um, that kind of helped me just dive headfirst into the food and yeah. work as hard as I could and then meet people like John and meet people like cool. the team that I have and and to have all those people and and yeah my mom's calling me the whole time going like are you okay like <laughs> all hours of the day it's like I don't know mom I'm, I'm cooking right now like I gotta go I have four pizzas <laughs> like to, to, <laughs> by six like yeah but uh no I mean it was a I don't like the term success story yeah. by any means, but I, I'm a huge comic book nerd, so origin story is a good one. <laughs> I like that one. I so, mean, yeah. it, yeah, man, it's just, I, and I don't know if you would, like, I have a feeling that you would agree with this, but, well, first of all, it's very different when you're doing something that you love. Like, everybody's heard that, you know, quote, if you're, if, uh, what is it, like, if you're doing what you love, then you never work a day in your life. Yeah, right. which is which is again going back to college. That's why college is so hard for some people because yeah, yeah. I went for film, but I went to a state school. I didn't, right. I took one film course in three semesters. <laughs> I'm out yeah. of there. You know what I mean? right. Like, so it's the same thing. But I mean, and there is even like I was just listening to a, a interview with Quentin Tarantino and Howard Stern from 2012, and you know Quentin Tarantino who dropped out of school in middle school. Didn't even graduate. Like it's not even like he was a high school dropout. He dropped out in middle school, yeah. and uh, as he got older and you know in his twenties, tried to become an actor and go into acting school. And his acting coach quickly told him, "You know, you're really not a great actor, but the stories that you've been writing for our class to you know act out have been phenomenal. They're some of the best things I've ever read before." Maybe you're more of a writer, and that's how he became this director that this brilliant director that he is today. Um, and so I think there are th- certain things that people do. You know, this may not be a relatable story, but it's a story. I grew up in church. Yeah. I'm a theology major. Yeah. All right. Um, worked in churches, volunteered in churches. I was a music pastor at churches for a decade, right? Like I was in church. Um, and I went to, I always worked at and went to churches that were more like hippie ish, you know, like free spirit sort of thing. Um, they were like the crazies. Uh, but there was also, those were also the churches where I experienced, uh, more of like actual God than I did. And just like going to mass on a Sunday. Yeah. 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 So having said all of that. There's a thing in church culture, uh, well, there's a thing called a prophet, like everybody knows what a prophet is, right? So there's a thing in church culture and like the denominations that I worked at where someone would get a prophetic word, which what that means is basically they're hearing something that God's telling them for someone else. And it's usually like highlighted in a moment. So in other words, um, you and I could be having a conversation and I could get a for those of you listening and not watching prophetic air quotes word, prophetic word. So God could be telling me something that I need to tell Zach right in this moment. Right. It's not for next week. It's for in this moment. All right. So that's what a prophetic word is. Now, having said all of that, just to like build the context, I was a worship leader or a music pastor at the church. So I like led the band, sang the songs, played the guitar, right? That's what my job was every air quote prophet that came into 
churches that I worked at would always give me a air quote prophetic word about how I would one day write songs and produce music and all of this stuff. I fucking suck at writing songs. Listen to me. Like I've tried in my younger years when that's all, when my life was church. I suck at writing songs. Yeah. I am so bad at writing songs, which I imagine most people are, even musicians. Mm-hmm. Being a songwriter. So having said that, it was just like the easy, low picking, like low hanging fruit. It was like, yeah, oh, like, you know. like tarot card reading. Exactly. Or, or telling someone's future. Or whatever. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it was, but that was like, it was always like, oh, he has a guitar in his hand. Here's the prophetic word. You will write songs exactly. on the guitar. Yeah. You will one day lead nations <laughs> with your music. Right. That's but, typically yeah. how they went. And I feel like that can be the case in pretty much any area of life, in, in, of our lives. Not that we have to have somebody that comes along and says, you will do this because we see you that you're already, you're doing it now. But I feel like we kind of, we, it's like, all right, well, we're kind of successful in this area. So I'm just going to jump a thousand percent yeah, into it's like it. The, it's like giving yourself a prophetic word is like the faking it till you make it kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, which is part of my success story is Except, faking it until you make right. it kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, I, in my analogy, it's like something that you're good at, but that you don't. Right. I'm 32 years old. Am I 30? Yeah, I'm, I'm 32 years yeah. old. I think I'm 30, 33. 33. I'm nice. going to be 34. Right? Yeah. yeah. I'm going to be 34. <laughs> I had to do some math there. <laughs> uh, I still don't know what the fuck I want to do. Do we I, ever like? No. I think I think it's good. Like it's good. Yeah. Because you're good at so many things, and like people can be good at so many things. Like me, I was a musician too, for sure. I went to school for videography. Right. I won awards in high school for videography. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's what everyone thought I was going to do. Yeah. And I was cooking at home for. I was making dinner for myself. My mom was teaching me how to make food. I was good at that. Yeah. And then I left school, and I'm. I don't know what I'm good at. I'm I'm still trying to do a videography thing. Like I'm still right. trying to do this. There's so many different things that you're good at. And the great thing about all of that is, especially with like people like you and I, we can use all our talents in one place. Cause food yeah. is so broad. Like yes. there's so many artists, there's graphic design that you can do. There's video that you can yeah. do. There's this, there's that, there's everything. Yeah. So it's like, Food is kind of like where all the misfits fall. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, I don't know. I like I like that prophetic word analogy, though. It makes a lot. It's like that can tie into so many different places yeah. in life. Like, people just are like, here's yeah. this low-hanging fruit for right, you that, exactly. that you should just take and eat. Like, I posted so many pictures of, like, the pizzas or the breads or whatever I was yeah. making in quarantine from yeah. the house. And there was this one person that I'm friends with on Facebook, an old family friend. And she would always say, you should open a restaurant. You should open a restaurant. And every time I wanted to say, I want to wish that on my worst enemy. Like, oh, dude, do you know what? It's like, the stupidest thing you can do as a human being. Right. Hi, John. Uh, <laughs> I like that is the worst decision. Not the worst decision. But that's but, why they're so successful, bro. Like, that's why that's why that's why the community downtown is already so important to me. That's why people like yeah. Kyle and like Devin at Brianwell that I just met, like these yeah. people are like, I know this is difficult. Let me give you what I've learned. Downtown is so a, that it's all yeah. better, so that we can all get better together. Yeah, 
and that's that's what's lacking in in the suburbs and what's starting to not lack in the city like yeah that's now that's been a, like i will say uh the past two years in baldensville i've done the promotion for their baldensville dining weeks yeah and i will say that it's really surprising not every restaurant has participated in it but like i think this last year we had 12 and there was 12 restaurants maybe 10 but these restaurant owners are all coming together working together sharing information in in baldwinsville which is absolutely unreal and the same does exist downtown there's a couple of people that i've met who are like i've asked to do like cooking videos and like i'm not going to do a cooking video on my sauce because i don't want my competition to he- find out what my sauce recipe nobody is. cares about your sauce all right exactly oh my god yeah. dude but so i've re- like and that those are few and far between yeah um but you're right like i've talked to cody at Defi, who has hooked up with kyle to get like some miso from him to come up with some weird dish that he's making it in, you know, it just goes back and forth. A lot of people downtown are in direct support. You of know each what other. you should do? I'm going to gift you this idea. <laughs> no, you know what you should you. do? <laughs> do market basket competitions with fuck. No. Yes. No, dude. Josh, there's no, a, no, listen, not, listen but not me. just with one chef from each place. You pair two chefs together. Okay, that's not a bad idea. Because but, you don't want competition, but you want camaraderie. Yeah. You know what I mean? There like, is a motherfucker. I don't usually talk bad about people on this podcast, <laughs> but I'm again three. Am I bringing it out? I'm in like you? three eight percent beers in, and you haven't talked to anybody. Right, in three and months. I haven't talked to anybody in three months. I've been telling my wife I can't oh, post shit. on Facebook. Yeah. I'm a public yeah. figure. Yeah. Uh, uh, there is a motherfucker who I think don't think exists in Syracuse anymore. He had. The chef's chopped challenge is what he oh. called it. His name is Josh something. In his early stages, he was basically like directly trying to compete with uh, Mark at Farm to Fork 101. Right, right, right. So what Josh did is he, he did the social media for Grindstone Farms for like a millisecond. And so what Josh would do is he would get all this produce and meat from Grindstone. He would go to the restaurant. It was the same thing. It was like, here's a basket. You don't know what the fuck's in it. You have to cook this food, and I'm going to sell tickets to it. Um, but he gave away more tickets than he sold. Oh, yeah, yeah. And so the restaurant really never got much out of it. Right. And then at the day of, the, like, the evening of the event, he never mentioned the chef or, the like, he really made it about himself. And um, he was just he was just kind of fucked up. I mean, he was, he was a take-advantage person. Like, he for some reason started posting that eat local CMY was sponsoring his events, even though we had nothing to do with them, had never been to one. So there's drama. There's not drama. There's history. There's history. in the <laughs> fact that this dude was like, he was just a taker. Well, do it better. Take it from him. I don't want to, I don't want to put the time and effort into it. Oh, all right. Yeah. <laughs> I think I just asked you to do it because it would be fun for me. <laughs> there's a lot of fucking ideas. Yeah. Like, uh, I, you know, I, that well, I'm if you thinking look at, like, myself the, with it coming up, like the fair, not, being something that's happening is that official i hope so really yeah what do you think the fair like should happen covid is obviously i'm probably gonna fucking piss a lot of hold on one second oh no (laughs) 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 
Um, I listen. I plead the fifth on whatever you're going to say right you're now. You're about to be the it's longest podcast in the history of Oklahoma. <laughs> I don't. I'm COVID sucks. It does. Right. I will agree with that statement, but probably not the rest of what you're about to say. I, however, one million percent think that the government is making this so much worse of an issue than it really is. It's made us all into conspiracy theorists. And I say that yeah. a lot. I, I've never, my friends are like, you know, all these conspiracies, they, they watch all the Netflix documentaries about them. And I'm just like, I don't care. Yeah. I'm not concerning myself with that, but this is something that everybody has to concern themselves yeah. with. So everybody has their own theory about what's happening. And right. to me, it's just like, I'm going to follow the laws that there are, yeah. which are there any, right. uh, where's the paperwork for me to like, and, yeah. and it's funny cause I've spent the last two days working on paperwork and stuff like that for my future employees. Yeah. And like, I want to make it as safe as I possibly can for them with COVID, but even like the New York state health department websites, yeah. um, serve safe websites across the country. Yeah. There's nothing. I know. All of those about COVID. Yeah. And there's no paperwork or anything like that. And there's like a 10 minute course yeah. that you can get a certificate for <laughs> that just really says like, hello, yeah. COVID-19 is here. Here's, Here's this certificate. <laughs> like, that's all it said. Like, it's, it is really all boiled down to like, who do you like more for your information? Yeah. I'm not just talking about like the drastics of like a Fox versus CNN, but even... Like I don't, I don't listen to any media, read anything, watch anything, um, except for really podcasts, and then mm-hmm. I'll, I will scroll through headlines. Yep. Um, and if it's like drastic enough where it doesn't seem like it's clickbait, I'll read the article. And to be honest, my main source of like news and information and what I feel is legitimate is. Joe fucking Rogan. Yeah. And also like personal Half experience. the country, bro. I mean, yeah. and I'm I'm with you like it's it, it's a it's a someone who's not affiliated to a party. Right. Who's a who's and I hate talking about politics. I hate it. But somebody who's not affiliated with a party that is just giving information. Yeah. And yes, he has his opinions. Right. But that's not what he leads with. Right. But you know Rogan I mean? is so far, like, removed from pretty much either side. Yeah. I, you know, I had when COVID-19 is one thing and everything else that's been happening in the country is a completely different thing. I 1 million percent am against any form of racism yeah. for any person, color, religion, creed. I don't care. Like, I identify as a Christian, but if you're a Muslim and you're being, like, you know, tortured or, you know, fucking beaten up or whatever because of your religion, you deserve to be defended. That's just how I, you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think that's how, you know, Jesus probably would have been. Right? That's how all humans should. Yeah, well, it's just never going to happen, right? <laughs> yeah, but, like, yeah. but what I don't agree with is the world that we live in of cancel culture. Like being doing running the marketing for, you know, seven businesses, eight businesses in this area. There's been three of them that have been like threatened from a group of people because like just for the dumbest shit. One business, a former long ago, former employee posted some dumbass racist shit on her Facebook page because she's a fucking piece of trash. Yeah. (laughs) And 
unfortunately, in the year that she hasn't worked for the business, never updated her job status that she's unemployed. And so she posted this stuff, and this group of people started peppering this business with Facebook messages that said, if you don't publicly fire her within 24 hours, we will show up and picket your business. Now, to me, that's disgusting, horrible, awful behavior. Now, that's the shit that I can't stand. Like, I can't stand... I get it, yeah. You know, I can't stand the fucking, you know, just all of the, if you don't agree with what I say, dress how I dress, talk how I talk, think how I think, then I am going to vehemently oppose you. That's the stuff that I hate. I think my my issue with cancel culture is some of it's right. That's what sucks. Because the stuff that... The stuff that goes through and happens is right. Like, some people should be canceled, especially yeah. during the whole BLM movement and stuff like yeah. that. There's a lot of family members, personally, with myself and with my friends and stuff like that, yeah. that, that deserve to be canceled, deserve yeah. to lose their jobs, deserve to do this. But there's also the people that don't. Yeah. And, and there's businesses like that, like things. And you look at, like, celebrities that tweeted something 10 years ago. Right. That is now relevant, like, and, and there's words that are, you're allowed to say then that you're not allowed to say now, and there's blah, blah, right. blah, and, and cancel culture is, first of all, why is cancel culture like a bubble? Right. Like, we should just call it, like, nothing. It's, it's situations that people yeah. get themselves into. Like, I had someone message us on Eat Local CNY and say, I've been searching your website and your Instagram account for a post that lists black owned restaurants in Syracuse and I haven't found anything. Please make that post immediately or tell me where I can find it. So that way I can know if I should still support you or not. And if that person had just said, Hey, you know what would be great is if you did a post about this Yeah, and you'd be like, you know what? You're right. Yeah. Maybe I'll do it. Right. But I didn't do a post about it because our friends, Alicia over at the Syracuse eating club, who is on top of everything, not only did it first, but is still promoting it, doing like these raffles where she is. You're like, going to get her to come to Three Lives? Yeah, that'd be cool. She's opinionated, bro. Is she? Yeah. yeah. I like it. Yeah. There's a, there's a lot she of. She does a great. Listen, she started like, I don't know how many months ago, but less than a year ago. And she's grown her thing. I mean, she, she gets, I don't know how many people. It's probably 30 or more yeah. to show up to an event. That's well. That's talented. what I like. I like about her page that I follow, and I like about your page is you guys don't pull punches. Hmm. It, I and, pull punches, and there's a well. <laughs> I won't enough. I won't say that. A Obviously, what sucks. we've been talking yeah, about. I just here, won't post you know I mean? about them. Yeah, but like if like especially when I'm I'm looking into right now doing soft openings. Yeah, inviting community members to try my food. I don't want that person to go. This is really good. Right. Yeah. I want that person to go. I like what you did here, but maybe you should not do this here do you, and uh, try this in X, Y, Z. All right. Do you really want uh, – well, if someone came to your restaurant and ate your food and didn't like it. Now, I'm not talking about, like, the Karens of Cicero. I'm talking about, like, a, like a regular – I'm not even talking about just a normal person. Mm-hmm. Do you want them to post publicly or do you want them to, like, message you privately? So this is something that I ran into a lot at Carmelita's. Um 
I would prefer if it's an issue with service or if it's an issue with quality or if it's an issue with X, Y, and Z, mm-hmm. um, for them to speak to me directly at the restaurant before they leave. Yeah. Because the second the bite hits your tongue, that's your opinion. Right. So I'd rather have them go either, wow, I really like this. Yeah. Or, listen, I do not like this at all. <laughs> and then I can deal with if it's opinion. Right. Or if it's something that they're trying to state as fact. Yeah. And you can you can kind of deal with that as it comes. It's difficult, man. Listen, Cody at Defy has a story of a customer, actually Cody and Kyle. Cody has a story of a customer who came in and Cody reads every review, like goes back through and reads the reviews. And then if they have their legit name, he follows up and did they make a reservation? Do I remember them? Who are they? And there was a customer who came in and left a one-star review and Cody was like, oh, I'm so torn up about this and went and after a few days of like beating himself up about it, went and found like, I'm going to see what other restaurants they reviewed. And all the other restaurants that person reviewed were like Taco Bell, McDonald's, and they were all five Five stars. (laughs) And Kyle has a story of when he first opened and it was, it was amazing. It was like, they were sitting across from each other. And one night he gets a waitress or a server that comes to the back and says, Hey chef, a customer wants to talk to you. So Kyle's like, Oh God. So he goes out and, uh, I think he said, Oh God, because the customer who was from, uh, Beijing had asked the server is the chef Japanese. And she said, no, he's not. And they said, well, where is he from? And the server said, He's from Philadelphia. He's white. (laughs) And then the customer said, well, can I talk to him? Can I meet him? Right. And so the server went in the back and said, hey, chef, you know, this customer asked if you were from Beijing and then now wants to meet you. And so and this guy from Beijing met Kyle and said, this is the best ramen I've ever had in my life. Now, that same exact night. A white guy sitting across from that dude left a one star review that I was the worst, most unauthentic ramen that he's ever had in his life. And it's funny because I went, uh, I was at Kasai yesterday. Yeah. And Kyle and I had a conversation about basically the same exact thing. And he said, you know, good luck. Yeah. You got to have a thick skin. And and it's like, I've I've always been great at uh, critique. Mm. I've always, you know, it's good being a musician, being an artist, videographer, things like that. Critique is really important. Yeah. Um, and I've never worked as hard at anything as I have food. Hmm. And I've gotten very little critique, negative critique. Yeah. Um, across my career in food since the beginning. In the beginning, we'll say like the first five years that I was cooking, like, yeah, yeah I got a lot of negative critique because my food sucked. <laughs> like, <laughs> I knew it did. You know what I mean? <laughs> but it's a, it's a craft that's hard to get into. Yeah. Um, so going downtown and seeing the other people and seeing the talent like that Kyle has and, yeah. and that all the, all the restaurants in that area have and, and Adam at funk, like reaching out to me and saying, Hey, if you need anything, let me know, blah, blah, That's blah, cool. like things like that. And I go, I've been eating at Funkin' Waffles. I, my bands played at Funkin' Waffles yeah. when I was in high school. You know, it sounds really good right now. A waffle, a jive Turkey. Yeah, dude. <laughs> are they open? Their waffles are great. <laughs> I did bring pasta salad. If you're I know hungry. you did, and I appreciate that. And I plan <laughs> on taking that home. Um, I'm just saying, if Funkin' Waffles is open, we're ending this podcast. Yeah. Fucking, fucking I actually haven't been since I've been downtown yet. Really? Yeah, dude. 
Um, but I'm searching this for everyone listening. <laughs> I'm searching this on my phone. Right but now. it's like I don't know. The, the, like, I I hope that I'll have a, a any chef is a little bit hot headed, and I'll be you know somebody will say hey this food sucks or whatever like this thing that you've been yeah. working on for months sucks right. And this thing that you put your heart and soul into <laughs> sucks. And they always say sucks. Yeah. It doesn't suck. You just don't like it. <laughs> it doesn't suck. That's they, if they if they saw that I was there from eight yeah. in the morning to to two right. in the morning making something that sucks, they wouldn't under they wouldn't say that. Yeah. But at the same time when when they do say it, it's kinda like Yeah, cool. Yeah. What do you do? Yeah, right. You really do have to have that, like, the value of the person. If my wife said to me, hey, listen, your podcast sucks, I would probably take that a lot harder than if, you know. Some schmo online said it. We decided to say that it sucks. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, so there definitely is that. And you kind of have to take that with a grain of salt. But the thing with food is that you never, like, not that you never know, but. You always assume that the person kind of has an idea. I, I've never been a chef, never cooked it. Well, I have cooked at Denny's third shift. When I was hey, 18. Nice. Uh, yeah, for three months. Um, R.I.P. Denny's. R.I.P. Denny's. <laughs> it's now a burned dairy. Um, oh but so I've never had anybody say, like, your food sucks. But I also never think anything that I cook at home is good. So, um, I. So I don't know what it's like to be a chef and to be thinking of like, well, did John, is John Smith really, does he know what he's talking about on Yelp? I think, I mean, I think it's going to be, I'm going to be exposed to it way more than I ever have been. Yeah. Like times a thousand. Because you're going to be in downtown. Right away. Right. Right away. Yeah. And that's why I want the brutal opinions of my now peers, which is crazy. It almost sounds like a dream to say that downtown, like the chefs that are down there that are incredible are my peers now. What's the level of achievement, though, in Syracuse? I mean, you still have your national stuff. I mean, listen, I think Three Lives is going to be great. I think so. I think the if the idea and the idea of community and stuff like that is to make it so that all of us as chefs, we could cook people under the table times 10. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. To, to say, like, just because there's a restaurant in California – that's super renowned and is on TV all the time and right. blah, blah, blah. What does that mean? You have to categorize yourself. They work as hard as we do or less as hard as we do. Right. Who knows? You're not a defi. Yeah. You're not trying to go out and do a eight-course tasting menu right. and yada, yada, yada. You're going to make gourmet fast food. It's just like any artist or any musician. You know what I mean? Like, Just because you're in a metal band doesn't mean that you don't know how to make a, a hip-hop beat. And it doesn't mean that Adele is better than you. It doesn't. Exactly. Yeah. So it's like I try to um, enjoy the different cuisines, especially downtown. It's so whimsical for me right now to be down there. Excuse me. Um, (laughs) It's so whimsical for me to be down there right now because I'm exposed to these new things, like all these new restaurants and these new chefs and these people that I've only seen on Facebook. And Facebook, it, it makes it so easy to make people like celebrities. Yeah. And for you to get nervous to talk to them and stuff like that. Mm. But then you become their peers and like you become someone that they want to succeed and that you want to see them succeed and stuff like that. And it's like, I think as a whole, I want Syracuse to succeed 
in food yeah. big time, like yeah. big time because I have friends in Denver and stuff like that, that after I got divorced, were like, you're going to leave Syracuse, right? <laughs> Get out of there. Like, there's nothing more for you there. Blah, 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 blah. I was like, no, fuck that. There's more for me here. Like, yeah. and then I meet John and I, and I push into that and I go, listen, dude, we can make this better. And we talk about yeah. how all our friends have left Syracuse and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, you just go head first into making your town better. Yeah. Why not? That like, is, why not? That's a big thing about the city is like people, most people, I feel like, at least in my generation, I would like, listen, I was one of them. I graduated high school and could not wait to get out of Syracuse. And I was 18 and didn't know shit and left and came back and left again and came back again. And, you know, coming back the second time, it really is. There's so much that just the central New York area has to offer. Right. Uh, especially as you get older and you start to have a family, it really is a great place to be. Um, having said that, the things that I disdain about Syracuse is how far behind the times everything is. Like there are so many things that hit the West coast and even New York city before they ever get to us. Yeah. I mean, you guys are about to open up a, I know it's not a barcade, but you're about to open Beep. up, <laughs> right. yeah, yeah. but you're about to open up a restaurant that has arcade games in it. Right. And that is exists. And you're going to be the first in Syracuse. And it's, and it's, and that's great. And so exciting to it. everyone. I'm but so it's excited. not new. Right. But it's a, the way that, the way that we do things for Syracuse is by doing that. Right. Is by, as individuals. Taking the things that you and I are, we can call ourselves cultured individuals, right? Well, I don't know about that, but okay. If you listen to a podcast in California, you know everything about California. Right. Right. You know everything about what's going on in food because we sit on YouTube all day and we look at restaurants and we, yeah. and we watch, you know, yeah. diners, drive-ins, and dives. Right. Guy Fieri, <laughs> whatever you want to say about him. Yeah. That show is inspiring. It makes money. And it makes money. Yeah. It's inspiring, Anthony. Yeah, I don't know if diners, drives, and drive-ins, and but you see what other people are doing. Yeah, you see what other people across the country are doing. Yeah, I get that. And and I've always said like, if if somebody says to me, "Hey, you, I'm giving you ten thousand dollars and free travel across the country," right? Hmm. Where are you going to go eat? Why? And it's like. <laughs> I'm not going to go eat at Gordon Ramsay's restaurant in Vegas. I'm not going to go here. I'm going to oh, go. Oh, you won it. Huh? You won it? I did, yeah. This, oh, okay. this happened to me just now, yeah. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> no, but like if it's like as a chef, where do you want inspiration from is basically the, the question. Okay, all right, yeah. So if you're, if you're given that money to free travel, whatever, like travel's not cheap. So I can't no. go do this. I do it on yeah. YouTube. Right. But if I were to be able to do it like – in real life, I would go to those restaurants in New Orleans where there's a woman who's been cooking since she was five, yeah. making the same Creole recipes over and over again for right. 80 years. That reminds me. Those of, are the places that I go to. Yeah, I get that. I and mean, those are the places we need more of around here. Yeah. Hmm. But the city is like now that you can take people who appreciate that knowledge, like talking to Kyle and talking to Devin and yeah. talking to all these people like, that like that's exactly what I want to do and what I want to bring and to have a team that's conducive to that yeah. is important and to be able to do it around video games which is I know. entertaining as fuck like yeah it's it's a great like it's 
silver lining. That's what everybody's saying. Zach, I want to congratulate you on a couple things. Oh, boy. One of those things as being the longest podcast in Eat Local Sandwich. Was it only three hours at this point? <laughs> it's only an hour and 40 oh, minutes. Okay. <laughs> I know I'm about to run out of memory oh, space okay. in one of the cameras. Yeah. <laughs> well, Zach, thanks for coming on yeah, the podcast. It's been great, man. I don't know when this is going to be released. We're recording it July 2nd. Uh, but three lives, follow them on yep. Instagram, on like Facebook, them on Facebook. Yep. Find them online, and they're going to be. And if we're open. not open yet, we'll yeah. we're downtown every day. Um, right. We'll be around. We'll we'll you know have you come in with a mask and some gloves or yeah. whatever, and try a game or two. And it's going to be good food with arcade games. Yeah, can't go I wrong. I mean, you really can't. Yeah. So, all right, thanks, man. Pleasure, brother. Yep. Well, there it is. Thanks so much for checking out this week's episode of the Eat Local CMY podcast. Again, special shout out to our sponsors at Peaks Coffee Company, Buried Acorn Brewing Company or Brewery, whatever it is, they make great beer, and Gearhar's Restaurant Equipment and Supplies. Do us a huge favor. Subscribe to the podcast. Leave us a review. Let us know what you think of the Eat Local CMY podcast. You can find out more information online at eatlocalcmy.com. You can also follow along on social media, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, LinkedIn. We're on all of them at Eat Local CMY. Thanks so much, and we're going to catch you at the next episode of the Eat Local CMY podcast. You've gone so far, but they know inside. I know how it feels to be lonesome. Spend most of my days having no one Dreaming you were out there shining in the sun Lonely soul hoping that they find someone Baby I hope I find you Someone, baby.
but I'll find you 